I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Loyalty to Rangers is what binds us. And together, we are stronger. Launching for the 2021 season, the MyJers membership program is a new way to get even closer to the club you love. It's the one place where you can access benefits like ticketing priority, club discounts, and exclusive competitions and experiences. There's even a limited edition welcome gift when you join. Visit rangers.co.uk slash myjers to join today. Always Rangers. Always loyal. Always rewarded. Jones delivers. Just brace yourself. Rangers are coming. Rangers, Rangers, easy, okay. Okay. Well, the fans are very strong. Again, I've got a battle fever on, but the fans are Rangers delivered. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode from our Yesterday's Heroes series on the Battle Fever podcast. My name is Scott Gray and today I'm joined by a man who's still the most expensive signing in our club's history. He played 68 games for Rangers, scoring 35 goals. He is, of course, Tori Andre Flo. Tori, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Uh, it's nice to be on the on the show. Good, good. How's lockdown? Yeah, it's all right. Um, I live just outside London and uh, the weather has been quite good and uh, that makes it a lot easier that we can... Uh, 
Good. Um, be uh, be out in the garden a bit. So you went from being football player to you know a part of Chelsea, you know, school teacher in your own home. <laughs> yes, just for the moment, uh, <laughs> the children are having homeschool, so uh, <laughs> it's it's actually hard work to be a teacher. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I'm glad that's not my daily job, my normal job. <laughs> Tony, who were your footballing idols growing up? And did you always want to be a football player or were there other options available? Uh, no, it was football that definitely was my uh, main uh, dream to become. Um, my idols were, um, first of all, Diego Armando Maradona. Um, yeah. I really got inspired when watching him play football. Um, but also, Rude Hullet um, was one of my favourites. And um, funny enough, he was, uh, he was the first one to sign me for when I Chelsea. went outside uh, of Norway to Chelsea. So um, that was very special for me. Yeah. How was it growing up in Norwegian football and coming through the youth ranks? Um, I come from... Um, <laughs> very much out in the countryside in the west of Norway uh, among all the, the mountains and, and the fjords so um, not, not so easy when you come from that area not many people um, living in that way uh, I think it's easier if you come from the bigger cities and, and mainly the east of Norway um, yeah. so there wasn't so much of academy at that time uh, you played for your local club until uh, you you might be ready to to join a, a bigger professional club. Yeah, you joined Songdal in ninety three ninety four at the age of twenty. How is it playing football in the top division in Norway at such a young age? Uh, it was it was nice. Um, I was lucky enough actually to have two brothers uh, also in the team, yeah. so that made it a lot easier. Um, it was the club that was nearest to my home. Um, Still a few hours driving away, but um, um, it, it was nice to have those those brothers. If I if I didn't have them, they, I would probably miss home a bit more. <laughs> um, but um, the football uh, went well at the time, and um, obviously that make makes it a lot easier. Was there increased competition between you and your brothers at that time, considering you were in the same team? Yes, there were a bit of competition, obviously, um, but most of the time the manager found space. Uh, for all of us, um, and as mentioned, yeah, that, that made it a lot easier for me, especially at, at such a young age. You made your debut versus uh, Tromso at the end of the season, where sadly uh, Sundal got relegated. However, you transferred to Tromso at the end of that season. Do you think they saw something in you in that game in particular to sign you? Uh, yes, probably. Um, but I think the main reason was that uh, I knew the manager... Um, he was actually, um, I, I had him actually a bit before uh, as well. He was uh, in my uh, grassroots club when I was uh, even younger. So, so I knew him and he knew me, obviously. So um, I think that was the main reason why, why I, I went there and that he, he wanted me. He knew me really well. You had a superb uh, debut season at Toronto, scoring 18 goals and you were the club's top goal scorer. How good was that feeling despite being such a young young player and also the fact that you were a new player at the club? Uh, it, it was good. It was a, a very good first year. Uh, obviously, now we're talking about um, Tromsø, which is very, very far north. And uh, talking about being uh, far away from home, this is yeah. uh, it's probably closer to uh, 
uh, Glasgow is probably closer to my <laughs> home place than than actually Tromsø. So uh, uh, it it was special to be that far north. Um, but yes, then now the football was going really well, and uh, um, and obviously that that makes it so much easier when when the football and the the reason why you're there is is working out really well. I think it was at Tromsø as well that you made your debut for for Norway. How how good was that for you personally? Obviously, a proud moment to make your your debut for your country and still relatively young. Uh, yeah, very proud moment. Obviously, um, uh, my debut was actually against England, uh, uh, which was quite special. Right. Um, yeah, no, uh, very nice at the time. Uh, I really enjoyed my football, um, and obviously, playing for your national team is is, is something special. I think uh, everybody would say that. You earned a move to Bran and scored a total of 28 goals during your time there. Your stature was growing within the game and became one of Norway's best strikers. Did you like the pressure of the expectation that had been put on you at that time and proving to yourself to be one of the best in Norway? Yeah, when you went to Bran, that's that's one of the biggest clubs in Norway. Um, and if you talk about pressure, that's probably the club that's got most pressure in Norway. Um, quite... Um, enthusiastic um, supporters uh, in that town so um, it, it was a very very good experience for me um, and obviously the, the football continued to um, to go well for me um, and uh, at this time I was regular on the national team which uh, which obviously made interest also from from bigger European clubs yeah in the first half of the 96-97 season, some of the brand supporters had considered your time there to be unsuccessful, that you'd already had your mind kind of set on a move to Chelsea or a move to England. Was that the case? Were you aware of the move to Chelsea was on the horizon in the near future? Uh, not the first season, I think, but uh, there was uh, there was always rumours at that time that clubs were interested um, that was English club and Italian clubs, and it was it was always something in in the media. Um, so I think uh, a lot of the supporters uh, started to realize that um, probably someday soon one of these clubs would would come in and 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 get me. So um, yeah, there were always always rumors, but um, at, at during the first season, I was very happy to stay. Yeah. How did the move to Chelsea come about? When were you first made aware that, that Chelsea was a club that was really concrete putting a bid in and, and, and want to take you to England? I think uh, that they came to see me uh, against uh, Brazil in a friendly match for, for Norway. Um, and uh, I did quite well in that, that one. We beat Brazil and I scored two goals. And uh, after that, um, Chelsea were really, really keen on getting me in the... And not long after, I think I signed for them and, and went over. You signed for Chelsea uh, for £300,000 in the summer of '97. What were your feelings upon completing that move and obviously getting the chance to play in the Premier League? Obviously, this was uh, one of my big dreams to uh, to play in the Premier League. Uh, English football is very, very big in Norway. Um, and as mentioned earlier, Ruud Hullet was one of my childhood yeah. heroes and suddenly now he wanted me to play for his team. Um, Chelsea was really on the way up. Um, they uh, they bought some big, big names in the squad and um, 
And yeah, this was really something that I wanted to do. As a young player, and you said that Ruth Ruth was obviously one of your, your heroes, when you arrive on that training ground, is there a is there a a chance that possibly you could stand in awe of the, of the figures that you're training with, or do you just need to get your head in the right right mindset and just get stuck in? No, I have to say I was quite nervous uh, for quite a few weeks when I came there. Um, now being coached by Rude Hulip and all, all the other superstars that was there, that was Viali, there was Sola, yeah. Di Matteo, Dennis Weiss, and, and all these super superstars. Um, uh, I, I was a bit scared actually to to, to begin with, but. Um, I also found that playing football with such good players uh, could actually be be easier. Yeah, and I really, really enjoyed it uh, coming there. Can you remember the first time you walked into the dressing room and met the players? Uh, I can. Yeah, I was uh, very shy, <laughs> very <laughs> nervous, and uh, didn't say didn't say much. Uh, at least the first week, I think. <laughs> You made your debut and scored against Coventry City, but it was in a 3-2 defeat for Chelsea. What are your memories of the game? Um, Things went so quickly at the time. Uh, I kind of uh, arrived uh, to London just a week before and we had a a friendly game and then suddenly it was a Premier League game and... um, uh, and there I was, only was on the pitch. I scored a goal. So everything went so quickly. I could hardly think about what happened. Um, but obviously very, very special. And um, also obviously very nice to score a goal uh, uh, very early on uh, after I came on. Uh, but I also um, came uh, came back down to earth, if you could say that. When I was going back to... Um, to Mark, I think it was uh, Dion Dublin. Uh, I was told to Mark for a corner <laughs> for Coventry, and uh, he really smashed me and then scored a goal. So just after I scored, uh, my uh, the, the the player I marked scored uh, against us. So, uh, yeah, that was that was my first game for, <laughs> in the Premier League. Did you were you made aware pretty quickly like, just how physical the game would be in, in in England, and how did it compare to your your obviously experience in Norway? Yes, uh, Rude, Rude Hullet uh, took me uh, a bit to the side uh, the ne- on the next training session to <laughs> to show me how to mark players in England. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was uh, you can't be that nice, he said, and, and showed me some tricks to uh, to make sure that um, players don't go up easily to head the ball <laughs> when I was marking them. <laughs> Did, were, you, were you aware of the, the rivalries for Chelsea in England at that time? Were you, were you aware who your main... Obviously, a different club to the Chelsea we know nowadays, you know, with the, the spending power Chelsea do have and, and stuff like that back then. Chelsea still had a really, really good team, but not maybe in the same bracket as they are nowadays. No, I think uh, our biggest rivals was definitely um, Tottenham uh, at the time. Um, yeah. I wasn't aware who who was really uh, rivals for for Chelsea at all, um, but apparently that that was Tottenham. And uh, in that period, we were very um, lucky against Tottenham actually, because all my period at Chelsea, we never we never lost to Tottenham. Uh, but obviously, also especially the London clubs, that that was uh, that was big games. Yeah. You scored 15 goals in your debut season in England, including a hat-trick against Spurs at White Hart Lane. Did that endear you to the Chelsea fans properly? 
Yes. Um, as I mentioned, I, I didn't realize before we played against Tottenham that that was so important to the supporters. Um, but after scoring a hat-trick against Tottenham, they um, they really took me under their wings and, <laughs> and um, made it a lot easier for me to play after. Because then uh, after scoring against Tottenham, they, they, they made a song about me and... Um, um, and uh, that, that was definitely very, definitely the right game to pick if you want to score a hat-trick for Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea finished fourth in the Premier League and you won the League Cup and the Cup Winners' Cup. You scored two away goals at Real Betis in the quarter-final. How did it feel not only playing but making an important contribution in European football for Chelsea? Uh, I really loved the European matches um, uh, at that time. Uh, we did really well and... Um, especially also for the supporters. They realised now that Chelsea now could compete against um, uh, the really good teams in Europe. Um, so um, uh, it was lovely. I loved uh, those evening games and the floodlights. And um, and there's a special feeling in, in uh, about European Cups or European football. Um, uh, there, there were some really, really good games. Can you remember the final? Uh, yes, the final was in um, Stockholm in Sweden against Stuttgart, um, uh, which we won 1-0. Obviously, a, a great, great feeling. It's always a great feeling to um, finish the league, uh, winning a final, and then you can uh, celebrate as much as you want after. Yeah. You also won the League Cup that year as well. Can you remember uh, what were your memories of the League Cup final? Uh, the League Cup final, uh, we beat uh, Middlesbrough 2-0. Um, obviously, great to play at Wembley. Um, I came on uh, during the second half and uh, I think luckily for me, we went into extra time. So I got quite uh, a lot of minutes out on the Wembley, uh, Wembley grass. Uh, but walking up the stairs at, at, uh, at this time, it was the old Wembley. Obviously, a great, great feeling. And, and, and received the the medal for the winner. Yeah. The, the following year, Chelsea challenged for the title, but you found playing time restricted uh, with Gianluca Vialli taking over and rotating the squad quite a bit. How frustrating was that for you, considering you had a, an impressive debut season at Chelsea? It was a little bit uh, frustrating, but at the same time, um, I was competing against some uh, yeah. very, very um, good players with, with big names. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Viali, um, Zola was there. Um, and there were there were every every season there were there were big new big names coming in. Um, so yes, frustrating. You always want to play every game, but um, in the end of the day, I um, I. Played quite quite a lot. Was that when Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank came in as well, or was that the following season? I think it was the following season. Um, I can't remember. It's, it's gone back quite a few years now, yeah. so I can't exactly remember which season he came in. But I think that was for the following season. Chelsea finished third that season, achieving Champions League qualification for the first time in their history. How did that feel at the club, knowing you were going to be playing in the Champions League, and knowing it was the first time in Chelsea's history that they, they were going to be achieving that? Oh, that was obviously a big thing uh, for the club. Um, and now we were really talking about uh, competing against the top, top teams in Europe. Uh, and I think also for the supporters, this was very special that uh, we managed to qualify for the Champions League. The following year, you finished the season on 19 goals and were Chelsea's top goal scorer. 
You won the FA Cup and you've made the quarterfinals of the Champions League against Barcelona. You scored twice in a 3-1 win at the bridge over Barcelona. How, how did that feel? I think that is one of the best feelings I've ever had after a game, especially after the first half. Um, we were 3-0 up uh, after the first half. I'd score, I scored two goals and... Um, uh, and I think the, the atmosphere um, at Stamford Bridge that that day was electric. Um, it was it was obviously very very special. Yeah, you scored in the new camp as well. Although the club went out on the night, how did it feel for you getting to play at such an iconic stadium uh, and, and obviously scoring in, in that stadium as well? Uh, it was amazing. Obviously, um, there were over ninety eight thousand people uh, at No Camp that evening. Um, Obviously, millions of people watching. This was the quarterfinal of the Champions League, so um, lovely feeling to score in in such a big game. Um, very unfortunate that we, at the end, after extra time, um, went out of the competition. Um, I thought we um, we had the team and we, we almost almost played well enough to get through to the semi final. Did you feel as though you could have went all, all the way and won it that year? I I had that feeling that we could do, yeah. Because, um, um, uh, as I said, we had so many good players. We started to play really, really well. And, um, obviously, from leading 3-0 uh, on yeah. the home game after the first half, we, we thought we could have done it. Um, and, and we came really close. You were forced onto the bench the following season at Chelsea and requested a move away. You made 163 appearances for Chelsea, scoring 50 goals. How would you sum up your time there? Uh, I really loved my time uh, at Chelsea. I learned a lot uh, from playing there. Um, and as I said before, playing with such good players, that, that was an absolute pleasure. Um, I also played with um, Gianfranco Sola. Was, uh, he, he was probably the best player I ever played with um, and I'm good friends with a lot of um, the, the players that I played with and obviously now that I've come back to work for the club as well it's um, it was a great time Was it hard to leave Chelsea given the fact that the fans pretty much loved you and you'd obviously had a really successful time there was it, was it hard to leave was it just you had to put the football decision in front of you like an emotional decision um, yes, it was it was hard, but at the same time, uh, I felt it was time to try something new. Now um, I'd been there for three and a half season. Um, uh, they um, they seem to buy new strikers uh, every every season as well. So it, the, the competition was very tough, and um, and uh, yeah, no, I thought maybe now it's it's time to to try something new, but. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that I, uh, I felt that I had to leave in any way because um, um, the club was really good to me all the time. When did you first hear a talk about a move to Rangers? Um, I think it was uh, maybe a few months before the, um, the move happened. Um, uh, I spoke to Dick Advocat, I think, uh, a couple of months before before the move. How how did it come about? What was the process of of the of actually signing for Rangers? Um, I think Dick Advoca had seen me uh, play. I think first time I played against his team was actually back in 1996 or something with with Brann when I played in Norway. Um, we played against uh, PSV at the time, and he was the manager there. 
Um, so he'd follow me for, for quite a few years. You became the most expensive player in Norway's history, Rangers' most expensive signing and the most expensive transfer in Scottish football history still stands to date. How did you feel about that at the time? And did you feel pressure at all by the price tag put upon your head? Yeah, I got a bit of a mixed feeling about that um, because um, when the price gets so big, uh, you get a lot of pressure, obviously. Um, And sometimes you feel that pressure could be a bit unfair on you because um, you you have nothing to do with with the price. Uh, That's chosen by some other people uh, and you haven't been in, in that discussion at all. Um, so some sometimes I felt that um, I wanted to play football a bit more freely and not always um, ha- have that mentioned over my head uh, in yeah. a way. Uh, it was always it always came up that the the price was so high. Um, um, so I missed sometimes playing a bit more with a m- more free feeling um, yeah. uh, when I played, but. Um, at the same time, I think uh, most people in general, after a little while, they uh, they didn't think about the price so much and, and looked at me as uh, as one of the other 11 players. You you spoke about your obviously dressing room at Chelsea, given the fact that you had Zola, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, uh, Viali, etc. What what light was it then going into the Rangers dressing room where you had the the Boers who had obviously I think Michael Moles was injured at that time, but we had really good strikers at, at, at the club at that time as well. How did the how did the dressing rooms compare? Oh, the, I think in a similar way. Um, I think when you you get to this level, or the players are so professional, and um, although we compete against each other, we're still friends when we are in the dressing room. So the atmosphere was um, was pretty much the same, relaxed, uh, a lot of uh, jokes and, and a lot of fun in the dressing room. So uh, it was absolutely no no problem all, at all. And uh, now I've become a little bit older as well, so it was a bit easier for me to, to come into a new club. You obviously spoke about the pressure of, of the price tag. You signed in the, in the November. We'd already been beaten 6-2 by Celtic at Parkhead before you, you arrived at the club. Do you think that maybe if you'd have joined the club in the summer, obviously despite, it would still have been £12 million of transfer fee, but it was almost like we'd got off to a kind of negative start to the season and you were the big saviour that was coming in at £12 million. Do you think maybe if you had joined in the summer, it might have been less like that and you'd obviously had more of an impact early on without the negative side of the start to the season? Yeah, I think it's always better to come in um, before the season starts, maybe have pre-season with the team uh, and get to know the players. And uh, now I came in uh, and jumped straight in on the biggest game yeah. of the season almost, uh, into the old firm uh, game. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 well, it's easy now to be um, like smart and say if, if this and if that. Um, I, I was very glad that I got the opportunity. Um, but yeah, it would probably have been uh, better for me to, to come for pre-season and get to know everybody before the season started. I remember watching the debut you mentioned there, the, the old Firm game at Ibrooks. We won 5-1 and you scored your first goal. I remember the chance you had early on. And yeah. we thought <laughs> everybody was buzzing the fact that you you joined Rangers and 
you get that early opportunity and then obviously you did manage to get the goal later on. How did it feel making your debut in that, a game of that magnitude and also scoring your first goal for the club in front of your packed Ibrox against Celtic must have been just a dream? Yeah, I have to say that coming up to Rangers, it felt like uh, coming to such a big club. I, I know I, I played for, for Chelsea and uh, that is also a, a very big club. But coming up there, it almost felt like uh, even uh, a step up on the scale of how big the club was. Yeah. Um, suddenly now it was full stadium, no matter where, where you played. Obviously, that was at Chelsea as well. But here we, we had over 50,000 uh, people for every home game. Um, everywhere you went, everybody knew who you were. Uh, when we went on a um, pre-season um, uh, training trip, uh, then there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Uh, like we went to America and the support was so big. Yeah, I just felt like this this is a huge, huge club. And obviously I came up for the for the biggest game of the season, yeah. the whole firm game. It, it was amazing. Uh, the atmosphere at, at a game like that is, is, is stronger than in any other game I've, I've ever been to or played in. Yeah. Ready is relentless. Ready is fearless. Ready is fearing no foe. Ready for the next level? Renew your season ticket now and support Rangers into season 2021. Prices are frozen for next season and the renewals deadline is extended. Visit rangers.co.uk slash renew to secure your season ticket today. Always Rangers. Always loyal. Obviously, you've touched on there the, the Rangers support and obviously 50,000 at Ibrox every week. Also, though, when you go away from home, three quarters of the ground is usually full with Rangers supporters. So it's like a home game in essence. When, when, the, when the team isn't playing as well, that must be hard still having to go away from home and there's still the majority of the... If you're not in great form, etc., and still the majority of the fans are, are your own fans, how do you deal with that as a player? Do you just need to just head down and play through it or is there something that you can you can do to try and get out of that and block it out or yeah no I think obviously you have to just have your head down and, and work through it um, but at the same time that's that's what you want as a football player I think we could um, call ourselves very lucky that we went to away games and we had more supporters than the actual home team so <laughs> okay. supporters were absolutely amazing um, obviously uh, some of the supporters are not happy when when you didn't do well, yeah. but in general, the, the Rangers supporters they, they were unbelievable how how good they how good they were and how good they are. Yeah, you scored thirteen goals in your debut season at the club, which I think is a pretty good return for a new player coming into the coming into the team, especially given you came in late on. Were you happy with that yourself, and was the club happy? Was, was Dick Advocate happy with that? I think um, I, I, definitely some some games I, I feel that I could have done better. Um, uh, I felt I was uh, maybe a little bit too inconsistent. Uh, and in some games it went really well. In some games uh, I knew that I, I could do better than this. Um, so I, I, it, took, it took time for me to stabilise, if you know what I mean, and, yeah. and be more consistent. Um, uh, but at the same time, when, when things were going really well, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but 
but also as we talked about earlier, it was all, always about this price tag. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I loved my time um, at Rangers, and um, the only thing, obviously, looking back, is that um, uh, when Celtic are winning the league, that that's not yeah. what's meant to be happening when you yeah. when you go up there. Yeah, the club never won any trophies, as you've alluded to, in that first season and um, that you joined the club. Could you must have felt the pressure personally? on yourself, considering, as you've mentioned, the price tag, and also the pressure on the club at that time anyway, given the fact that we had come off quite a relatively successful period off the back of nine in a row, then obviously Dick Advocat came in and we won the first two league championships under him. The, the pressure on the club at that time must have been really, really intense for a player. It was. The pressure was very high, actually. And um, I came in in the middle of the season and... Um, the club came out a bit on the wrong foot in that season. So I, I came in, as you said, to, to save the season. But that, that was very, very difficult. Um, and then we ended up not winning anything uh, in that first season. And um, and obviously, uh, with me costing so much, I got a lot of the blame for that. Um, but as you mentioned, it was, it was really difficult because we were quite behind when I came. And it was... Um, it it was almost impossible to catch up. Yeah. Um, so um, it kind of got a little bit of a negative vibe around it since we didn't win any of the trophies and they were so successful the year before. Yeah. I, I feel as a Rangers supporter, and I was quite young, obviously, when, when you joined the club, but, but as, as a Rangers supporter, when you look at the statistics, you look at the goals scored, etc., your time at the club, I don't think, or your performances for the club, I don't think get enough credit is what they deserve because you did score a lot of goals for Rangers over the, the, the kind of period you were there. Yet people will still look back at £12 million for Tori Andy Flo and with the financial difficulty that we've had in recent seasons, you've, you've heard that a lot. Well, you you did spend £12 million on Tori Andy Flo, etc. I don't think mm. you get the right, you get enough credit for, for what you actually achieved at Rangers, what you, the goals you scored at Rangers. And, and how you actually perform for the club? No, I think I, I've been in on both ends of, of a transfer. Like uh, when I came to Chelsea, I went really, really cheap, uh, yeah. and then I went very expensive to Rangers. And uh, and yes, it's um, people um, people's mind change a lot with that because um, yeah. at Chelsea I could uh, play um, average game, and people said, "Oh wow, that's that's a brilliant game because he was so cheap." Yeah. Um, but then I could play the same type of game at Rangers, but then you wouldn't get that credit because um, obviously then the expectation is a lot higher uh, yeah. when the price tag goes up. So um, this was something my head didn't quite understand at the time as well. Um, uh, I wish I could have maybe a, uh, my life experience as I have it now yeah. when I came up to play, play for that price tag. Uh, it made it a bit difficult sometimes, but um, in general, I think. Um, uh, well, if I came there for 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 a free transfer, I think everybody would have been very happy yeah. to put it that way. Yeah. What was it like to play under Dick Advocat? And also, do you think Dick Advocat's style of football and, and the way his team played at that time benefited you as a striker, or do you think the team could have maybe adapted to, to maybe play your strengths a wee bit more? Um, I think I never thought that, uh, oh no, they're not playing at my strength. I, I, I'm not the 
the, the guy who's tried to find uh, faults in anyone else. I always try to find uh, a way for me to adapt. Uh, yes, we played a bit different that, uh, than I was used to at Chelsea. Uh, but at the same time, we had good players around me. And um, I always felt that it's up to me to adjust uh, and adapt to, to the playing style. So um, I, I don't... I don't look to blame anyone else yeah. uh, for those games that I didn't play um, at my best. What was Dick Advocat like to play under? Did, did, was his training methods good, etc.? Was was he a good manager to play under? Yes, he was. He was good. Um, you always feel um, a bit different on where, where they come from. So um, I, I've had Italian um, managers. They they have a certain way and a certain style of playing. And so has the, the Dutch managers. So um, he was um, a, a traditional Dutch manager, I would say, with, with the style they play, which um, should have suited me quite well, I think. Um, and um, no, I enjoyed to play under him. Yeah. Following season, you get your first full pre-season under your belt at Ibrooks. Did you feel good and, and ready to hit the ground running? I did feel good. Uh, I remember the preseason um, uh, in the friendlies and and the build up. Uh, I, I felt in a, a good form. Um, uh, when the season started, I, I had a bit of uh, um, some small injuries here and there, and I couldn't get going as much as I could. But it really felt good during the preseason. The season didn't pan out too well to begin with, uh, with it being announced that Dick was moving upstairs. And Alex McLeish was taking over. How was that news kind of received in the dressing room? How was how did the rest of the players react to firstly Dick being announced that Dick was being moved, moving upstairs and that Alex was taking over? I think uh, speaking for myself, I was kind of getting used to managers coming in and out. But um, I would say that it's 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 not always uh, an advantage for a player that. Um, it, if a manager buy you and he gets sacked and there's a new manager coming in, that's not always a, a yeah. good thing um, yeah. for you. Um, it's it's always better that the, the manager who buys you uh, stays on. Um, but saying that, the results, uh, as you mentioned, were up and down. Um, and I don't think it came to us as a surprise at the time. Uh, how was Alex McLeish with you as a player when he came in? And... How did he? What was different, and and like the training side yet, the, the tactics side yet? What was different under Alex to to what it was previously under Dick? I think Alex is uh, was a very clever manager. Um, I actually have quite good contact with him still. We we meet sometimes at uh, he comes in to see the Chelsea games and he, he lives down here, so I speak to him every now and then. Um, and he's a very good manager. Um, but obviously, his, he had a bit of different um, uh, ideas. Um, and I think he wanted to try some new things because things weren't working so well before yeah. he came in. Um, uh, and I think I suffered a little bit from that. I, I dropped in and out of the team a bit. Um, but uh, as, I, as I said before, it, it, it's always up to me, always up to the players to adapt. And, and that was what I was trying to do. We started to gain a bit of form and we beat Celtic in the semi-final of the League Cup at Hamden. What are your memories of that night? Obviously, Bert Connerman's one half a, about, what, 60 yards or something, was it? An absolute yeah. belt of a goal. 
Yes, yeah, no, uh, Bert, I, I, uh, I also speak to him quite a bit still, um, a, a great man. Um, yeah, obviously, um, we needed that at the time, um, and great, great to beat them. And finally, now things were, were going upwards again. So um, it was a great feeling for all of us. Could you, could you feel the pendulum start to swing slightly when Alex came in and obviously we started to get a bit of form and it, 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 it's true, it's, in Glasgow it goes between one or the other, the now and the present day they have it, obviously it will swing back to us eventually, could you feel that starting to turn that season? Yes, uh, I think we all did, um, finally now we started to play better and sometimes that happens when you change the manager, that's why you do it as well. Yeah. Um, and, and now things were turning, uh, things like everybody around the club as well started to become more positive and, and that's what you need. Um, and obviously it's, it's better for all the players that you feel that uh, things are more positive. Yeah. You won your first trophy at Rangers in the League Cup final, a 4-0 win against Air United and you scored the opener. Was it a good feeling to score in a cup final, contribute to lifting that trophy at the end of the game? What's your memory? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a great feeling. Obviously, in the final, we didn't play against the, the biggest team in the world, yeah. but still a very important win for us. And, and now, we, as a club, we were back on the, on the winning streak. So, um, uh, a very great evening and a, a good feeling for me personally as well to score, to score in the final. I suppose and nowadays at Rangers as well, with, with Steven Gerrard coming in and we made the final of the League Cup this year, we probably should have won the game. But again, I think it's that mentality thing. Celtic just know how to go over the line and we've still achieved that. How yeah. hard is it just to get that first trophy? And then does that change your mindset going forward that you know, we can win trophies, we can win games, we can win leagues, etc.? Yeah, it's it's important to just break that kind of that that game so it, so it turns a bit. Um, yeah. I saw the game now uh, recently there, and um, I thought Rangers did really really well. Yeah. Um, but at the time, going back to that game, yes, it it turned a lot of things for us, um, and it was it was great for the club. And I think when when things turn, like every everybody tried to um, lift each other up again. Yeah, uh, and I think that was, was what happened uh, at the time. I think I'm right in saying when when Alex took over, we were unbeaten against Celtic that year, and we made it to the to the Scottish Cup final against them. You were a substitute on that day; you didn't go on the part. But how frustrating was it for yourself? Obviously, because you you scored 22 goals that season, you were in good form for Rangers, good goal scoring form, especially. Did you did you find it difficult not to go on the part that day, or did you just think it was a tactical decision? Uh, yeah, I tried to, obviously you tried to think positively and, and it was a, a tactical decision, but um, obviously you're, you're a player as well and you want to yeah. be on the pitch. Um, so it was a bit, um, I wouldn't say mixed feelings because I was really glad that we, that we won, the, won the cup. Uh, but uh, obviously you want to be out there and play. Um, but still now we... We've, we we continued this this positive trend and we started to win things. So um, it was it was important also for me, uh, although I didn't uh, come onto the pitch. Yeah. Obviously, you, you didn't go onto the pitch. You watched it from the stand. Well, the dugout at Hamden is in the stand technically. Uh, so you watched it from the stand. What was your thoughts? Kind of during the game, topsy turvy game. Great game for great advert for Scottish football. Fortunately, we came out on top. Obviously, going behind twice, pulling it back, mm. and then Peter Lovencrantz scoring that late winner. What was it? What was the feeling like on the bench? 
Actually, when you sit and watch these type of games, it's quite it's quite amazing. The atmosphere and the intensity uh, uh, of the games are they're really high and they're very entertaining actually to watch. Yeah. Um, so almost, uh, uh, yeah. When you sit there and you, you're quite excited, you're on your toes and you watch yeah. it all the time. Obviously, I wanted to be out there and play, but um, it, it was a very, very good and exciting game. I suppose that that's how we feel as fans every week, Tori, that we're sitting there and we want to be out there and we want to change something, but we can't. <laughs> I, I, I've been up to watch um, uh, old firm games uh, after I was there to play myself as, as well. And the, the atmosphere, it, it's, it's amazing uh, um, how it is and the tension of, of every, you could feel the tension of everybody uh, in or around the stadium. So, um, yeah. It is a special, a special game and a special league, I would say. Uh, as I've mentioned, that you scored twenty-two goals for the club that season overall. How would you sum up that season at Rangers for yourself personally? Um, very up and down. Um, I still struggle to um, be consistent. I think um, had some some great games. I scored scored goals. Um, um, but I wanted to to do even more. Um, yeah. And I felt I could have done it. I just didn't didn't get everything out. Um, but at the end of the day, um, uh, the goal scoring record um, was quite good, and I'm very glad for all the goals I scored at Rangers. Um, but uh, sometimes I think maybe if I could get the chance again, maybe stayed longer, then I could yeah. really show that, that I could do even more. Obviously, you you left the club, uh, departing to join Sunderland. How would you sum up your time at Rangers and, and did you enjoy it? You mentioned a wee I, bit whether, whether you maybe stay longer. Obviously, Rangers were on to win the treble that year. If you'd have been there, yeah. who, who knows? That might have been the season that it really did click. Yeah, yeah. And I started, obviously, the season, uh, that that uh, that season. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I went I w- went to Sunderland. But um, all in all, I, I, I love everything about Rangers. I love Scotland. Um, I love the people. They're very lively and funny. I love the nature in Scotland. So um, I feel it's it's similar to Norwegian kind of style yeah. of living. Um, so uh, I've got great, great memories. Um, as mentioned, yes, I would like to have uh, scored even more goals. But uh, at the end of the day... Um, uh, you got a decent scoring record, so I, I was glad I had the, the opportunity to play there. Did you look back from, or did you look from afar when you joined Sunderland and seen the club really playing well that year? I mean, the, the title went right to the last day. We obviously won the League Cup against Celtic in the final. We won the Scottish Cup against Dundee. Did you look back? Can I look, look from afar on, on envy? Can I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you do, and obviously. Um, Especially when you play uh, for Rangers, I think you've got um, uh, some of your heart would, would always be there uh, because it's so strong um, yeah. relationship when you play up there. So I always, always have followed Rangers since. Um, and obviously they, they won quite a few trophies uh, in the time after I was there. Uh, and yes, I would, would have really wanted to win that league title. That, that would have been a special feeling. Yeah. You're back at Chelsea now uh, as the the loan, is it the loan coach or loan manager? Yes, yeah. I look after um, loan players. Obviously, um, there's quite a 
a lot of players out on loan from Chelsea. Um, and we have a, our own few guys that uh, look looks after those players. Yeah. What's it like working with, with Frank Lampard now as, as the manager of Chelsea? Uh, Frank is uh, is very good, um, and obviously I work a lot with the young younger players. And um, finally, now we have a manager that um, uses a bit yeah. of the, the young players coming through from Chelsea. And uh, I think all the supporters and the, uh, like the club in general are very happy to to now have someone who uh, who try to put on on the the young players that they have uh, kind of developed through the years. Tori, as Rangers fans, we think you left too soon. So yeah. we think you owe it to us to try and get Frank Lampard on the podcast as a famous <laughs> Rangers supporter. That should be your job through lockdown. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, they, they just started training this week. So, uh, I think they will be busy now for a little while. But I'll ask him, definitely. <laughs> yeah, how would you assess Rangers under Steven Gerrard in the present day? And, and how, how far do you think we are away from challenging back at the top? Well, we are challenging, but winning at the top end of Scottish mm-hmm. football again. I think since he came, I, I think uh, the team has improved all the time, uh, getting closer and closer. Um, I, uh, I would really like to see Rangers uh, win the the title next next season. That's yeah. a very very important uh, season. Yeah, Obviously, you don't want the other team to uh, to reach uh, ten. Or, yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, no, I really think that it's improving, and um, um, and uh, I can see uh, Rangers now uh, being ready to to win the title again. Well, in your capacity at Chelsea, you could help us. You know, is there any yeah. young good young players that you could send up, or could you be with Frank to maybe get a couple of the big bigger first players up for us? Yeah, no, I am very keen on doing that. Actually, I try to push that um, a, a lot, so I, I always. Uh, I always keep an eye on where um, where Rangers might uh, might need someone. Yeah, thanks very much for your time today, Tori, and thanks for your efforts in a blue jersey. As I said, I really think you, your time at Rangers was was kind of clouded with a transfer fee that had nothing to do with yourself. I think your goal scoring return and your performances in blue were, were pretty decent, in my opinion. Anyway, thank you very much, and um, and let's hope now that um, Rangers win win back the title very soon. I think we'd all agree with that. Thanks very much, Tori. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.